I'm super I have no doubt in that. I'm... I didn't ask you that. I asked you whether you're a strict or or a strict teacher. I have no doubt that they love you. you know, it's more about your ability level. If you've reached the advanced level, then I'm strict. And if you're at the competitive level, then you know I know because I've been through the same. I've been through those mornings where you can't get out of bed, where every muscle aches, where you feel like throwing up. I don't care. So if you want to, if you want something badly enough, you have to push through the pain. So for the senior guys, the boys who are competing, I show no mercy. I'm quite uh, strict. I'm But so for happy. the kids, I'm you know, they come up. So, so with... happy in a way that I haven't come to you yet. <laughs> <laughs> But let's be fair I'm a pretty decent swimmer I'm a pretty, I, I mean I think I'm a good swimmer But then again everybody thinks they're a good swimmer so yeah We will do more conversation with Nisha in just a bit come back with us on the other side all part of our hashtag #tokyo takeover standby Music great conversation and a whole lot of K Welcome to Bangalore's personal ray of sunshine You're locked into Good Morning Bangalore with K 94.3 Radio 1 One World Your Station I've been chatting with Nisha Millet who's an ex-Olympian and a person who's very synonymous with the swimming scene across India more than that she's brought home so many laurels for the country and for the state as well the fun part is we've been chatting about how I took to swimming pretty early we'll get into more conversation right now This is Good Morning Bangalore with K deep pool that's the question i am i am i'm comfortable swimming at sea as well so um that's yeah. great then i consider you a good swimmer as well like you said a lot of people come up to me and say i can swim and they can only swim in a shallow pool as long as they can put their feet down you know they have that confidence that's not swimming to me you need to be able to save your own. i mean at the end of the day we're teaching a life skill swimming is a life skill you should be able to save yourself and at some point you know if you learn proper life saving techniques you can save somebody else that means you're a really strong swimming player. actually comes in the bracket of uh, you know essential life skills like uh, cycling is one for me right swimming is definitely yes. you know comes in that same bracket yeah. so like everybody should know it it's just it's basic right yeah. but you're actually the second olympic whom I've spoken to who says that their dad played a big influence in their life. I spoke to Prakash Nanjapa and he said the same thing. His dad was the one who pushed him into, you know, uh, picking up the pistol and things like that. But for someone like you, I mean, 2000 Sydney Olympics was such a such an iconic one. But you got a chance to qualify for the Olympics in the 200 meters freestyle and you represented India. That's a big weight on the shoulders or did you even look at it like that? The good part was I did all this when I was quite young. I qualified for the Olympics at 18, but of course by the time you get to the Olympics, um, you know the magnitude of what you achieved and the expectations of a billion people are definitely on your shoulders. What really helped me was I was training in Australia. I got an, uh, a scholarship from the International Olympic Committee to train in Australia. One being away from home helps you focus a little more. We didn't have social media in those days. we didn't have phones you know we you know we would use the old fashioned phone and uh, call dad as my mom came with me so something to keep me grounded keep me focused because of there's so many distractions right in a fancy i was living in perth in those days and i went to a sports psychologist so this is something i wish more indian athletes would do because you know the main thing is you have to train your mind as much as you train your body yeah so i went and met a sports psychologist and he really helped me He told me how to cut out the distractions, you know, interviews with press if you don't feel comfortable, if it's making you overthink it. He said just live in the moment, enjoy every minute. So even qualifying for the Olympics, which is for me tougher than actually competing there was actually qualifying. I had a very tough qualifying time to make. So I think when you train your mind, that's when you realize how important it is. Just you can't even let you can't even have those few seconds where you allow doubt to creep in. And it's only when you're relaxed, when you get into the zone like they call it, that you can get to that uh, you know that once in a lifetime performance so that's what i had one morning early morning in uh, uh, april of 2000 i had just two months left for my qualifying time and i wasn't stressed because it was a heat 
you know, you're having fun, you're looking at the other girls and thinking, let me try and be one of the top Australians. I was swimming against the top Australians of my age group. And I just had fun. And I felt great. You know, I felt like I was on top of the water. Uh, everything was uh, amplified. You could, you know, feel your heart rate. You could, every single flip turn, dive, stroke felt smooth. And when I touched the wall, my mother was just going insane. <laughs> she was just jumping up and down. She was almost falling off the stand. And I'm like, what? I mean, I, I did win my heat, but that's just half the battle one. You have to go into the finals. And then she kept pointing to the scoreboard and she said, look, look. And then I looked up and I saw I'd qualified by a second. So one of the greatest moments, obviously, calling my dad, who is like my biggest fan, who had, you know, he'd never missed a single day of training, uh, even once from an operating theater where he had a minor procedure done, came straight to watch me swim. So him having to sacrifice, you know, coming to Australia because it's very expensive to have the whole family there. My sister and him had to stay back in Bangalore and my mom had come with me. So that, the, you know, the moment I still remember it so vividly, calling him to tell him that I'd qualified for the Olympics and, uh, you know, they had actually sold their house for me. Talk about parental support. Wow, and that, that's, that big. that's big. That's big. That's yeah, really so good. Put I'm that sure, money into my I'm sure, yeah. you know, you've, uh, you know, made them proud tenfold after that so i think they're like i'm sure their parents look back and like oh that was totally worth it and i'm sure if they if you ask them they would do it all over again because that's i mean parents yeah, are that's amazing. the great thing and i think as a parent when you become a parent yourself then you understand how much they've given up for you we'll talk about nisha's kids a little bit more in just a bit back on the other side nisha millet ex-olympian joins me on the show this morning stand by there are people who complain about blues and there are people who listen to Good Morning Bangalore with K. Let's go. 94.3 One World, your station. Hey, this is ace swimmer Nisha Milit. Catch all the updates and insights from the Tokyo Olympics right here on 94.3 Radio 1. One World, your station. This is Good Morning Bangalore with K. Sometimes, you know, my kid's only seven, but I keep thinking, wow, if they choose to do a professional sport, which I hope they do, uh, I know how much of effort it will take on my part. I'm going to, one of us, my husband or me, since we run the business together, we run the academy, one of us will have to take a small step back to ferry them up and down, unless they're into swimming, they come to our own academy. But, you know, it's a lot of hard work, missed parties and holidays, uh, living on a budget because all your money is going towards school. I think you're so, planning in advance because all- like you said, you know, and then you were like, oh, but if they're coming to our own academy, it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the typical tiger mom. I'm trying not to be because they're only seven. But by the time I ten, they're ten, rest assured, they'll be in. You know, more than anything, I feel every child should play some competitive sport uh, to learn different elements, whether it's teamwork or time management skills, perseverance, resilience. Uh, there's so many. So it's not that if they don't make it to the Olympics, I'll be very disappointed. I just want them to have that. I want them to grow up with sports. So right now, one loves gymnastics, one loves swimming. They're very active. That's all you can ask for for a seven-year-old. They still you want them to enjoy their childhoods, right? Yeah, but if absolutely. They do choose a sport, yeah, it, yeah. I, I think it teaches so many beautiful lessons. Like sportsmanship is is one that has, yeah. I mean, any sport, right? It, it, it teaches you so much, and and it, like you said, yes, absolutely, it's one that uh, all kids need out there. I didn't ask you who was your inspiration. Um, who has been like your inspiration over the years? Someone that you look up to, and you're like. You know, this person just gives me so much uh, motivation to do what I do every day. Who's that? In terms of somebody I looked up to as a young kid and still do, it would definitely be Leander Pace. Uh, you know, he is the greatest of all times. Uh, just the fact, the longevity of his career, 
with keeping i mean getting to the top is not as hard as people think but staying at the top that is the that's the one which everyone finds difficult even somebody as great as michael phelps retired after three or four olympics talk about leander pace doing seven olympics you know and uh, if all this hadn't happened he may not have retired and might have even tried for his eighth yeah. but seven olympics a uh, world number 1 in the doubles a singles olympic medal it's fabulous to think that this guy has that kind of motivation even he had financial issues where his parents were heavily in debt trying to support him so i drew a lot of parallels between his life and mine and i said how can i get to that point never give up because we came very close to met many times because of financial issues or injuries saying should this end my career and i said no i i need to get where i need to, where i have to go which is the olympics <laughs> I, i i i'm kind of thinking i'm sure you know being he's a he's a bangalore boy so you've you you've definitely met him um of course yes. i'm sure and i'm sure you must be good friends with him by now um but yeah, what was it like yeah he's a good friend of mine uh, Uh, my question It's was amazing. what was it like the first time you met him like did you like lose yeah. it tell me that yeah. story okay <laughs> i to- i totally lost it I, i very rarely i go into fan girl mode but this is one of those times this is the 2000 olympics everyone heard about leander obviously you've seen him play i watched him win his bronze medal at the 96 olympics atlanta olympics watched him become world number 1 then they announced that this is the team leander is going to be the captain of the olympic team So I was one of the youngest kids out there. I mean, I've been there. I was along with me. We were the only 18-year-olds. Another uh, person called uh, Paolo Migatak. So three of us were the youngest on the team. I had this whole speech planned. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, Leander. I'm Nisha. This is my event. You know, you name it. I had my whole speech all. I stepped off a bus at the Olympic Village and I came face to face with Leander. And he had shaved his hair off. So first of all. you know i was taken aback this is like one of my this guy that i idolized standing in front of me i think for the first time in my life i was tongue tied i didn't know what to say and i just stood there with my mouth open uh, like a big 18 year old fan girl and you know he got so excited that's what i love about leander is he really takes an interest in everything sports so he knew the entire team he said hey nisha oh you know so nice to see you you're one of the youngest here if you need anything you know come speak to me because i've been for a couple of these olympics then he says um how is uh, your preparation for the 200 freestyle and here i'm thinking wow leander pay he knows no that i'm doing yeah. the 200 freestyle and i'm losing it <laughs> <laughs> so it's just you can i can't explain and i think that moment showed me how important it is if anybody ever like however tired i am wherever i am if some kid comes up to me and says hi ma'am i want to take your autograph or they ask me some swimming question and i don't know them i always take the time because it made such a huge impression on me the way he treated me the way he made me feel like you know you're you're one of us you're you're an olympian now you could just sit with him at the dining table there was no air no attitude that i think is a mark of a great champion um, awesome. and that, that's why i feel to me the olympic athletes always trump the cricketers sorry i have to do a cricket passion <laughs> last leg of conversation with nisha on the other side make sure you come back with us in just a bit Looking forward to partying on the weekend is so yesterday when you have a party on the airwaves every morning. Every morning. You're okay. Uh. 94.3 Radio 1. One World, your station. You're listening to Good Morning Bangalore. Good Morning Bangalore on 94.3 Radio 1. <laughs> no 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 I think I think that's the very sweet of you to say and I think how nice it is uh you know to to have someone like that and then you know usually they say never meet your heroes because well 
you know the rest of that how it goes but uh, look at you you met your hero you met your idol and uh, and it went extremely well that's amazing from there to to you know covid times and and the times that we are living yeah. in right now oh my god like you guys have been through i'm talking about the academy and things like that through through ups and downs and you know lefts and rights it's just horrible um because well the covid situation for swimming pools is is a little tricky and athletes yeah. training in a time like this what's what's been that personal journey for you and uh, how have you managed to kind of get through it i think again sports helps you get through it because you're so used to dealing with the ups and downs you learn to just power on uh, what i've done on a personal front is i've taken this time i've never already had time to rest i went from a very tough 15 years swim career where you don't have much time there again to take a break went straight into setting up my own academy building it from ground up Uh, so when when the lockdown happened, we had 24 staff, you know, coaches and maintenance staff. We were in eight pools, and yes, it's a huge hit. But at the end of the day, we are trying to stay as positive as we can. You know, we've done a lot of studying up, learning, trying to broaden our horizons. Also, had a lot of time to look at all these mails. Something that because I have somebody working in admin, sometimes you don't look at your own mail. You don't you don't really take in the feedback. Now you know I'm so focused on let's give the customers who come in the best possible experience let's get them to enjoy the water first and um, the main thing that this whole you know pandemic has taught me is people are going to be so sick of sitting in the house there's going to be this pent up demand because I saw this when the first wave ended and people got out yeah people they came back with a vengeance normally, really yeah they came like you said people wanted to be outdoors they wanted to be uh, swimming because swimming all our pools are open air so bright sunshine the water is lovely and actually one of the safest places so we were trying to educate people that water actually because of the chlorinated water normally people hate chlorinated water yes your skin might feel dry your hair might not feel so great yeah, but it is yeah. the best thing to keep you safe from covid there are studies that show that it deactivates virus within 30 seconds you know so if you make sure social distancing is followed keep crowds at a minimum ensure everyone's tested the usual test that we do anywhere now mask sanitize your hands temperature checks the swimming pool is one of the safest places so i'm very It's hopeful that when things open up we'll have double the uh, demand you know people coming in at all ages because your lungs are what you need to keep healthy and what better way than to you know swim your way to better lungs absolutely i couldn't agree with you more i'm a i'm a water baby myself so like uh, you know the funny thing for me is when so i think my parents introduced us to to the to the water when we were just i think two or three if i'm not mistaken so which is pretty early and and you know we've been swimming yeah. a lot and recently i got scuba certified so it wow. meant more time in the you know in the water which was just not nothing more that i grasp so i'm 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 personally missing the water so much you know moving from that to a, to to of course uh i want to talk about kids a little bit and i'm sure you're one who feels that you know kids need to be motivated more than anything else especially in a time like this if if we are to shine in sport or yeah. you know kids of the future so definitely how is it how is it for you i mean were you always a person who enjoy teaching kids cuz most people don't you know they don't they don't take to it immediately and then once they do they're like oh my god i i love teaching kids did that happen for you personally at any point and and it, what's been your journey as a teacher let me say it was i think it was much easier for me before i had my own kids i think you have a lot more patience with everybody else's kids but your own because you see so much of them i couldn't <laughs> agree with you more i couldn't agree with you more so i always had a good relationship with kids something that i liked growing up is i like to have more of a friendly relationship with my coaches and having been through so many through my swimming career i knew the kind of coach i wanted to be so you know i took the best parts of all the coaches all my mentors that i worked with like i would love my australian coach because he would we would call him by his name and he was 65 and if i say sir once or twice out of habit you know as indian that's it 
good morning sir and he's like i'm not your boss i'm your coach either call me coach or call me bernie you know so i would call him bernie and you feel then i don't know by calling somebody by their name that you can talk to them a little more freely That's so do you ask your kids to call you nisha or like how does it work yes all of them call me nisha you'll have four year olds like nisha nisha the mom is like call her ma'am no but she told me to call her nisha and i was like no i really did and they, they feel like they're disrespecting me but for me you know i have kids uh now you know i I've, i've taught for about close to 20 years now so now kids come up to me and they're in college some of them are married and they like they they still talk to me like you know you know how you have this reverence for your teachers that's the best part for me yeah, yeah, you know they absolutely. call me for their weddings they'll call me and say guess what i got into the swim team in my college in the us i'm so excited or somebody would have you know saved somebody from drowning or some amazing stories and then you feel like oh, this is why i do what i do uh, because there's so much of love so much of appreciation that shot back on you and that's why i stay away from competitive swimming i have a team called the marlins uh, we have a great coach as well we have a girl who just broke the national record so we have some wow. great swimmers in our team so i mentor them I, i go there once or twice a week and spend a bit of time teach them but at the end of the day i find the joy is for me is in teaching and if you have that good grassroots um development that's when you'll get those olympic champions so we also forget about that you always everybody likes your gopichand he's got yeah. a great you know um top notch academy that deals with the best of the best but he also has the runs all the way down from the top from talent identification uh, you know getting the masses to learn so that's where i am at i decided that i want to get bangalore swimming not just bangalore now we're trying to spread out i even gotten into triathlon recently because we cool. find there's so many people You're trying yeah, like you're, you're training for a triathlon triathlon I don't know I'm not training so again like you're talking about cycling being an, an important skill I do I haven't cycled since I was 6 so I have to get back to my cycling but I've trained now more than 80 90 triathletes over the last 2 3 years and we Super. formed a group called the Life of Tri which is like a triathlon coaching team of experts you know all across we have a strength and conditioning coach we have a run coach we've realized that how you know there was this um, you know midlife crisis where everyone wanted to run a marathon yeah that used to be the case maybe 4 5 years ago now now people running marathons are quite easy i'm just now thinking how like you know when when you say all this i'm i'm just thinking how you give a complex to so many mommies your age <laughs> <laughs> because they yeah, like, I, I, they see you and they're like this, this chick is too fit like i can't keep with keep up with this <laughs> i wasn't always like this case so i must tell you the truth uh, i had some really tough years after having the kids i went up to close to 90 kgs Uh, when i was competing i was like about 55 58 kgs went up to 90 kgs where i looked like a hippo a couple of my friends actually called me that and a lot of hard work and i would say the only thing a mom can do or a parent can do because you have so many um, you know uh, so many responsibilities you have to either do early morning or late night workers when the kids are not around so that's what i did i hate waking up early i would love to sleep in and wake up at 9 o'clock but i've realized that i'm doomed for the rest of my life I have to wake up at 5 a.m. if I want to get what I need to do done. Yeah, so part of the 5 a.m. club, you can't go back. Once you go there, you can't go back. You can't, yeah. I just automatically, even if I have a morning, I can sleep in. I'm wide awake at 5.30, you know, and I'm like, I might as well get up and work. Trust out. me, for someone who wakes up at about 5 every day because I do a show at 7 yeah. all the way till 12, um i was yeah. i was i was like you by the way i was you know i was on i love to sleep in I'll do yeah. you know i used to do like all nighters and things like that <laughs> then there came a point in my life where uh, a lot of my friends refer to me as getting old <laughs> so, so so then i went to like five o'clock and now i can't go back now i don't want to go back it's not that i can't go back i, I don't want to go back like because once you hit that 5 a.m club now there's nothing better 
Exactly. Um, and I think you get a lot more done in your day. That's yeah. how I feel. You, you feel like, like you've got extra hours in the day, right? And look at us right hours. now, as we talk about this, uh, other people should be like, what's wrong with them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's to each his own. But for me, this really works. Where I push myself, I have my me time. That's my me time because it's just me, whether I'm running or cross training or doing CrossFit or swimming. I finish it off and I even schedule my classes in the morning. Sometimes I'm not at home till about mid-afternoon and my, my husband hats off to him. He's one of those very hands-on dads who can handle seven-year-old twins, whether it's cooking for them, teaching them Canada, uh, you know, putting ponytails. So really I am blessed. It's because of my support system. Otherwise, so That's <laughs> so sweet of you to say that. So nice. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, get to know him off air too. Have you followed him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter yet? At Off Air with K. Slide into his DMs now. One World, your station. Ex-Olympian Nisha Millet joins me on the show this morning. We've been chatting about everything when it comes to do with her being part of the Olympics in the past. And of course, I want to get her message to the current Olympian contingent from India out there. This is Good Morning Bangalore with K. What would be your little message to the participants, the contingent? Because you've, you've been an Olympian in the past. So what would be your little two cents to them? What would you like to say to them if they're watching this? I would say, I think mainly coming off this pandemic, it has been the most challenging two years for a competitive athlete. The frustration of not, like you said, swimming, you have to be in the swimming pool to replicate the movements. Other sports you could practice. I've seen Rohan Bopanna, who's my neighbor downstairs, practicing his, practicing his tennis strokes against the wall. There's certain things that you could do, but if swimming and pools being so strictly uh, you know, shut down during the nine months earlier and again, we're back to another shutdown. Very difficult. I've been in touch regularly with the top athletes who qualified for Tokyo and I've been counselling them more as a friend, uh, just telling them not to let their, uh, you know, to keep their hopes up. Some of them had injuries. So the good part about the lockdown is they were able to recover from the injuries and maybe they'll do better now. But I would say just keep your focus, uh, do your best. At the end of the day, uh, yes, we're so passionate about our sport, but it is just only sport. So if you don't get that best time, it's not the end of the world. There's either another Olympics or, uh, you know, worst case, like I remember when I missed my second Olympics, so 2004, I missed qualifying. To me, it felt like this was the end of the world. And uh, as you get older and you realize that there are much bigger experiences, like when the birth of your children, those things trump anything you could ever do in sports. Then you realize sports teaches you a lot, but you shouldn't let it get you down so much where, you know, you're locked in a room, depressed for a couple of uh, months because you, you can't do something anymore. So, like you said, I'm like you, a water baby. I've been swimming forever, 30 years, and uh, I really miss the pool. So, I miss that part of it. So, I t- try and tell these athletes, think about why you're doing what you do. Think about the joy that sports brings you. Uh, when you, when it starts getting stressful for you, that's when you should retire. That's when I retired. When I wasn't enjoying uh, getting tortured for, uh, you know, 18, 16 to 18 kilometers a day of swimming, when I stopped enjoying the process, I decided I, could, I needed to quit because yeah. you can't. Yeah. So they just have yeah. to enjoy it, you know, and you're, you're really blessed. Nowadays, these kids are so lucky. They have they have a dietitian, they have a, you know, they have a sports doctor, they have a physiotherapist. For us, my mom and my dad did everything. You know, mom was cooking food, dad was calling, making calls. You know, Nisha, when I say stuff like this also, people are like, listen, you're just too old, just stop. But like, uh, so I, it's nice to know that I have someone in my, in my little side, in my little corner, because you and I talk the same way. 
<laughs> but honestly this has been such a fun super awesome chat thank you so much for your time and uh, here's hoping that you go on to inspire the next generation of athletes that you know like you said if they don't compete at the olympics i mean if they do it's a great thing but if they don't yeah. here's hoping that they just turn out to be fantastic human beings which i think is the most that we can hope for thanks so much kev it was great talking to you and to everyone out there you know this too shall pass we'll go back to normalcy and we probably do a lot better i think all of us have worked on ourselves in this time so let's kill it when thing when things open up one in 10 people say k is not a ladies man that one person is my mom all right then let's get back to the ladies oh I mean show it's good morning bangalore with k 94.3 radio 1 one world your station